so I just wanted to start um this practice of just like starting where I am and I have like a whole fancy mic for recording but I just thought you know what why don't I just try and record with my phone so we'll see how that goes so anyway um yeah like the other day I was like listening to something and um someone said um if I haven't achieved xyz or if I'm not rich blah 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 by the time I'm 30 then you know I'll be depressed and all of that and it's just so interesting how 30 is the benchmark for so many things that people want to achieve but 30 is still really young so basically in this podcast I'm going to be discussing what it's like to not be successful at 30 okay so I'm 30 obviously a bit of background um I graduated from uni when I was 20 I can't remember if I was 20 or 21 but yeah um and then I did a master's straight after I mostly did a master's because I didn't know what I wanted to do next and school was safe so I was like okay I'll do a master's um so I did a master's and then after that I um started working at my uni while I was like applying for graduate jobs so I did that for a couple of months and then I got my dream job um so I studied law I did my master's in international commercial law and then after I graduated I decided that I wanted to work in fashion so I got a job in retail and I worked all through uni but my retail job after my master's was the lowest paying job I'd ever had since I'd been working from when I was 18 um but I thought it would get my foot in the door so I got a job in retail I was also working um in the library of my old uni and then applying for jobs I've never applied for anything as much as I was applying for jobs at that time like after I got my job I kind of had amnesia about it because um I think when like you've done something and you've moved on it's easy to kind of like forget but um I was looking through my email for something sometime after and I saw all the like I was like did I even apply to this place like the number of rejections in my email was ridiculous like I rewrote my CV so many times I submitted it um to CV um experts I redid my cover letter I practiced my interviews in fact the interview I did for the job I finally got like when I walked out of that interview I was like this is the best interview I've ever done and if I don't get that job then it just wasn't the job for me because I anticipated their questions I had answers like I walked out like wow I killed it and that's because I'd gotten rejected so many times like I was on first name basis with HR in so many companies because like for a lot of fashion companies especially they have multiple brands you first get into the pool and then when you're in the pool as opportunities come up 
then they call you. So I was calling these two HR people every single day, um, like first name basis, so that anything that came up, I was the first person that they put forward and stuff. So anyway, eventually I got my job perfect, blah, blah, blah. I moved to London and all of that. And then I was working in this job. It was fantastic. I was having the time of my life. I was living in central London, close to work. I was just like having this great time. But then I was depressed. And it's so weird, like when like your life is ticking all these boxes and like you feel so grateful and excited and whatever. But at the same time, you're depressed. Like it's just so weird. But anyway, um, one day one of my aunties called me and she's like, you need to think of where you see yourself in three years. Like even if you're going to be in England in three years, like what kind of life do you want to have there? And then shortly after that call, I went to HR one day for something. And then I saw a contract on someone's table for a senior buyer. I was a merchandiser. So I saw a contract for a senior buyer. And to get to that position, you probably work for like 10 years. And it was like £60,000. And I was like, oh my God, I'm not going to work for 10 years to get to £60,000. I need to leave this job. So, yeah, so I left and moved back to Nigeria. Now, moved back to Nigeria and went to law school because that's what you do. In the first place, I think the reason why I even stayed to work in England was because I just felt like when you move to Nigeria, so many people have opinions on how your life should go. And if you're not, like, 100% certain and convinced of a path that you want to take, it's very easy to be swayed in someone else's direction. And even though I had planned for it and prepared for it, and I felt mentally prepared for it and everything, I still fell into that trap. And another thing I noticed is that when I was in England, like, every time I have a goal or, like, a dream or whatever, it was so huge. Like, I used to dream big and have all these big goals and like when I think and there there was nothing that I felt like was really impossible like as long as I was willing to like work work towards the goal so it wasn't like having goals where you know those goals where it's like oh I just want to wake up and like be a millionaire no it was more like okay this is the kind of company I want to have and this is how I'm going to get there and feeling like why wouldn't I get there but then when I came to Nigeria, so I went to law school. I always knew I was going to go to law school. I think, I think there's something um, about just, mind you, when I was in England, I was, first of all, I had been paying my rent, my bills and everything from the moment I graduated uni. So, like, my staying in England was at my own expense. So I was paying my rent, paying my bills and everything. So, obviously, I've been independent for all this time. I've been working and all of that. Um, but there's just something about like growing up in Nigeria and it might not be everyone everyone's experience, but even especially being the first child and stuff where no matter how independent you feel you are, you kind of already bow to demands that have not even been made of you. So it's not like as I was moving back, everybody's like, Okay, so when you're moving back, you're definitely doing law school. It was something that I knew would be expected, so I already anticipated and did it. Um, so I came back, I went to law school, I did law school, I finished law school, um, 
started NYSC in a law firm. And before NYSC, I was thinking like, man, I never want to work in a law firm because is that so, this is how my life derails from where I want to go. And at the time I, I, I moved back, fashion was like everything to me. Like, I cannot explain how much I love working in the business side of fashion like I had a fashion blog I was obsessed like I used to try and work weekends but you you weren't allowed to work weekends like at my job and everything um I used to be like the first person there so many times um I was on first name terms with the security guards and all of that so it was just something I was really 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 passionate about and even now if we start talking about like retail processes and factories and manufacturing and stuff like I get really excited the whole supply chain management of everything like it's so exciting to me so I came back and obviously we don't and we still don't have that sort of fashion industry in Nigeria and mentally making that switch to be like okay how do I um, adapt to what we have was like it, it was like impossible like I was like oh my god so that's it like I'm gonna have to dump fashion because it doesn't work how it works like in England so I have to do something else so I guess going to law school as well was a period of trying to figure out but I still had like all these dreams in my head about what I was gonna do and um, anyway I started working in law firm and did NYSC to be fair when I started like everybody I started with like 12 other people or 13 of us in our group that started together and like we got really friendly we got really close like during the training time like the first like three or four months were brilliant like we were like oh my god I love this ah. so excited and everybody else in the show is looking at us like okay don't worry just wait um and I don't know why the Nigerians not like seeing you happy like once you're happy someone is just ready there to like burst your bubble but anyway Sha, so we were just um there like having fun or whatever and then later on it started to get a bit more downhill so in the first year we were doing rotations like so working with um different seniors for how long were the rotations? I think they were like two months each or something. I, I really can't remember now. But um, I remember doing this particular rotation and I hate it. Like, I don't know what it was, but this supervisor was just always coming for me. Like, I couldn't do anything right. I couldn't, like, do... And then um, uh, something that happened that I felt really bad about during that first year I um I applied so I was still applying for things that I felt like were more suited to me so I applied for like a job at somewhere that I really really like it was a brand I loved and everything and like my application was great and I got um an interview and then the day I went to the interview um I had a deadline at work and I just could not put that deadline out of my head like so during the interview, I could, it was like, I was watching myself from outside. I was listening to myself answer the questions and my answers were so dead. Like I've done so many interviews, good ones and bad ones. So I know when an interview is bad, but it was also like, I was still so stressed about that deadline that I, I still, as much as I could 
hear myself and I could hear that it wasn't going well, I still couldn't like make it go well. Like I just wanted it to finish and to go and everything. And there was a point where maybe I already felt defeated. I was like, yeah, this interview is trash. I'm definitely not getting it. And yeah, I didn't. Um, so yeah, that that I was like that. That was harsh. I was like, oh my god. Anyway, so this um supervisor had it in for me. I don't know why. I don't know. I feel like there's a way I come across sometimes, like things are easy for me or I'm not putting in effort. Like I can be quite laid back, especially in work settings. Like in work, I get very very practical. Like if we have work, we do it like and then we get it out I'm not someone to come across as panicky because I don't really see why it changes like if there's work you get it done as much as you as as well as you can you know so um I think he just felt like like he would give us these things like so I was I was rotating with him and someone else so there were two of us like in NYC rotating with him at the same time so say he gives us this um documents to review and make comments on and this is just like a training exercise like already like when you're when you're like doing a job where you're supposed to be learning on the job you learn a lot by doing real client work anyway I mean this is a job where you were often working till like 3 a.m you know staying late you know there was a lot of work already so a pet peeve was actually just giving me stuff just for like training I'm like okay I'm not in uni but whatever um so yeah like he would um give us this training um things like okay review this document and give me your comments and then it will be a document that we drafted and I'm like, if we drafted a document, and it's not even a draft document, like it's an executed document, like we've already given it to the client, we've gone back and forth, we've signed it. At that stage, the likelihood that this is a, and it was a document for like a really, really important transaction. So the likelihood that there were like errors or whatever was so slim. But I was like, okay, fine. Like you never know, you know how these things are like if you watch Legally Blonde, you know that, yeah, he could be that associate that just finds this massive thing that someone else missed and blah, blah, blah. So I was like, fine, give it a go. But then let's say I find an issue. I already know what the answer is. Like, so say, for instance, um, I'm trying to look for an example that isn't law-related so that people that aren't lawyers can relate. Um, So say... Um, uh, one sec. Okay, so, um, so let's say someone says, okay, um, if you're coming to my house, you need to, um, stop at the bus stop and then ask directions or something like that and then you want to say okay but if I stop at the bus stop and there's no one to ask me ask for directions what should I do but then the person has said if you can't ask for directions at this first bus stop there will be another bus stop for you to ask for directions like basically it was issues where the answer like you 
if you if you know what the document is talking about you can already answer it so i don't see the point of raising an issue that's not an issue like do you get what i mean um so things like that just make me feel like oh i don't care or whatever and so we just had this like very very toxic relationship which now started to make work feel like hell for me and then while i was working with that guy my dad died and um yeah so that was hard um and uh the way this supervisor approached me after that made it even harder so anyway at the end of that year one way or the other i managed to like get a high enough score to be retained um and i remember i was in ghana with like quite a few of my work friends and then for New Year's, and then we got the email that, okay, you've, like, gotten the permanent job and stuff, and all of us were just, like, sad, like, so everybody was asking the other person, like, oh, did you get in, did you get in, and everyone was kind of, like, oh, almost, like, well, if we hadn't gotten in, we would have had, like, an excuse to not work there like would have been like oh well they didn't keep me so I guess I have to go and do something else but like they kept us and it was kind of like well what else are we gonna do now like they've kept us so we had to work there so yeah so we started off um and then yeah so that's how I started after NYC working full-time as a lawyer Anyway, like, my entire job was hell. I won't even go into it, but a lot of people just hated me. And it came back to that perception. Sometimes when people have a perception of you, especially at work, and especially in Nigeria, really. Like, it's happened, it had happened to me in jobs in England before, but it was never as bad. It was never as bad. And I could always fix it with work. Um, But with this... It's, it's almost like, honestly, well, in this company, it was almost like your work is so unimportant. Like, if the perception is already there, like, it doesn't matter what value you're bringing in terms of work. The image of how people think you are, is, it overrides that, which was a new thing. And so, after I battled chair for, like, two more years I decided to quit um so shortly before my 29th birthday I handed in my notice um and yeah it's funny because I moved back to Nigeria when I was 23 I remember starting I was going out 23 and it, it was just like all these years of doing stuff that I didn't even want to do and actually like while I was working I did get offers I did get offers out of nowhere sometimes it seemed um so I had opportunities to leave but you know when you want that like ideal opportunity like you're like okay I'm already in this hellhole if I'm leaving I want to leave to something that's so much more amazing so I had offers and I wasn't looking at like the long-term potential of the offers. I was just looking at the offers at that point and stuff. 
So I quit and then I did not have a plan after I quit. Like I just felt, you know what, I have worked since I was 18. I've like I always worked throughout uni. I started working in second year. I worked in second year, I worked in third year, I worked um I worked in between like terms. I worked um in masters. After my masters I worked while I was looking for a graduate job and then I did my graduate job and like after my graduate job within like two months I was back in Nigeria and I was in law school and even in law school I had a side hustle immediately after law school like literally like NYC started literally like the week law school finished and so I had like a couple of weeks before work started and I just so I felt exhausted like at that point I can't explain how during I felt like everyone was giving me advice of you know quitting to do something else like or not quitting or just trying harder and and then there were some people that had started to come around at work like I'd started to open up to you know certain people so like certain partners and stuff and they had started to see my work more they started to see my actual personality more and they really wanted me to kind of stay and prove people that had negative impressions wrong sort of like turn the impression around and show everyone how I really was and I was like you know what like I've already given up years of my life fighting this and I can't keep on staying in the name of like um fighting an impression and I know that it's ideal whatever but I feel drained like I feel like I graduated from crying in the bathroom at work like most days to crying in the bathroom at work like every day and then by the time I quit I was crying at my desk most days like I wasn't even bothering to go to the bathroom again so probably like a lot of people that worked with me have probably seen me crying at one point or the other because I was always crying and like it just got to and I'm not even like a a crier like for real life situations like I cry for tv shows and stuff but I don't really cry like for real life stuff but it just broke me like I was just tired so I quit um and well I had a two month um, notice period so I turned to nine I was still there blah 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 but after I quit like I just really wasn't doing much and everything I was just like preparing to leave and stuff and it was just it was the right decision for me at that time and everything so great so after I quit I was like lord what like you know you have this image of like oh my god working is long then I know I just want to chill and everything and then now I could chill and what was I doing I paid for workstation for three months and I was waking up at 5.30 still, going to the gym, um, and then leaving the gym to go to workstation, staying there till like 3 and going home. And then I was still feeling like productive. And there's this like, I feel like it's a Nigerian thing, because honestly, I didn't feel like this before I moved back. Um, and there's this like feeling of like productivity just by action like leaving the house so 
so for me just the like leaving the house and um what you might call it leaving the house and going somewhere and whatever i was like oh my god i'm being productive but like when i checked in on myself i was like wait so all you're doing is wasting money on ubers and lunches and you're wasting time instead of using this time to catch up with friends and stuff like that you're just wasting a lot of time so after um like two months two or three months of faffing but not feeling comfortable faffing I think that was the thing about the faffing that was frustrating because after I quit my job I had a goal to not do anything for one year and when I say nothing like nothing but I wasn't trying to start a business I wasn't trying to I just wanted to clear my head I just wanted space I just wanted time I just wanted a gap year or whatever um so after like the first couple of months I just I couldn't get into it I felt so guilty I just I just carrying all this weight I was like oh my god what am I doing and even though so basically I had tried to quit a year before I actually quit as in, I'd written my letter, I'd told my parents, and, like, I told my family and whatever, and they talked me out of it. Like, it was this big thing and this dramatic thing of how I shouldn't do it and everything. And um, so at that point, I still wanted to, you know, start a clothing line. And I tried to start it while I was working. So I had a tailor, I did samples. I, I kept trying to, because... I just kept trying to like start stuff but like not being able to be present and then my work not having set hours it just made it hard like I'm not that sort of person I know some people they thrive in those sorts of conditions where they can just like find an hour here find an hour but I actually kind of like um predictability I like that sort of order of knowing that okay every day I work I finish at six and then from eight to this I do this so mentally like and I wouldn't even say it was the physical time because like with time if you're if your brain if your brain is there you can kind of find a way to make the time work but mentally the whole emotional turmoil I was going through at work was too much so meant I had no space for anything else. Like, I was just, ugh, like, thinking back to that time, it was crazy. It was crazy. It was it was the wrong place for me. And I actually had, like, friends at work come up to me at different times and, and say, like, the way this is so hard for you, like, the way people are constantly getting at you and picking on you and, like, all these negative things keep happening to your work, I think it's a sign that you're not supposed to be in this job. And I actually agreed. Like, I felt like I wasn't supposed to be there. And everything, the universe and God and people and everything came together to be like, look, babe, you're not supposed to be here. Um, Everything short of, you know, getting fired or whatever. Um, So, yeah, so after I had faffed, 
for like three months and not enjoyed the fasting. Um, I've, I was even taking meetings with people and like um, trying to start work. And again, as soon as I finished, like I literally got a job offer the day after I quit. And um, in that three months of chilling, I got like various offers and whatever. But I was like, look, honestly, I'm not trying to jump from one thing into another. I need to kind of just clear my head and see like what the next step is. So um, it was now time for me to travel. My sister was graduating in New York. And then after her graduation, I decided that I was just going to go and like stay in England for like two months because yes it feels like home but it's away from you know my whole life for the last you know three years or whatever so I went to New York for a couple of weeks and then I went to England and that trip was so necessary like it was that sort of thing where I obviously when you quit your job and like you don't have any money-making prospects spending a lot of money isn't like a wise decision but at that point I just needed to do anything for my mental health like I was like but I wasn't um doing anything based on oh this is like the ideal thing to do or not the ideal thing to do I was doing things based on this is what I need to do for myself right now so um yeah between New York and London and spending a lot of time by myself I spent so much time by myself and just like in my head while I was in London I did a few courses um at Central St. Martin's and everything so I just kind of it was great like I decided to realize how much confidence I had lost how much of myself I had I had been losing gradually like over the past few years and just I started to feel like myself again. I started to just feel differently and act differently and see myself differently. And I was just like, oh my God, like this is what I've needed. Um, So I came back to Nigeria and luckily I came back to like intense wedding planning. So before I traveled to New York, I had gotten engaged. So by the time I came back, obviously wedding was closer so I kind of had to like start planning it and stuff which was good in a way of not making me feel like oh my god I'm wasting my time but it was also like bad in the sense of like it took away from that feeling of this is my year for myself to just do what I want to do and just take mental time out because I knew that post one year I'm not like a millionaire or whatever. So I'm not going to be living for two years without making money. Um, And then like half of this one year that I decided to take out was spent like wedding planning, even though I was, it's so funny. Like I wasn't the sort of person to really get involved in wedding planning. So even though I was actively trying to stay out of it, I was constantly getting pulled. Like the, the act of trying to stay out is a thing in itself because people are always trying to be like no you actually need to be back in and it's like no I want to be out and you know there's just that back and forth and it was a bit crazy so yeah um I had that and I 
yeah, it came to the end of the year and it was December and I got married. Um, and after I got married, I turned 30 in December as well. And yeah, so because 30 is something that, you know, it is a year that we're told from God knows when to be so like important. I just like for like the month after my after my birthday, I just felt like, oh my God, what is my life? What have I done? What do I have? What can I show? Like like everyone else has gone beyond me and like I'm just like not doing anything not achieving anything and I just fell into that hole and I knew I was in that hole but then that wasn't enough to bring me out of it so you're like listen this is a temporary thing yeah but the thing is that when you're in a hole whether you're aware whether you're not aware it's just hard to you can't force yourself out of it by being aware you know, so it was just something where I was like, okay, I know I feel like this now, I know I'll come out of it, I know, like, you know, I still have it, it's, it's funny, because 30 isn't even a midway in life for a lot of people, as in, for a lot of people, it's like, maybe quarter life, or close to quarter life, or whatever, and then you're putting this much pressure on a year that all things going well, you end up leaving, you know, 60 more years after that or whatever. And whatever, like, achievements you have at that moment in time doesn't mean, like, it'll continue forever, you know? I feel like we overestimate how long achievements last. Like, for instance, you could have published an amazing book at 30, and then found it had to publish after that, or, you know, stuff like that, so, um, I didn't do anything specific to get out of that, like, I just, when I was in that hole, I knew it passed, because I've been there before at various times of my life, and it's always passed, um, I, I also feel like it helps that I don't necessarily aspire to, um, I don't want to say I don't aspire to greatness because that sounds like weird, but um, I don't aspire to doing stuff just for um, the sake of being recognized as doing stuff. I don't know. I, I don't know how best to articulate it. Like I have certain things, certain goals that I want to achieve, but I I really want to achieve them for myself. Like, I don't, I'm not too fussed about the accolades, if that makes sense. I guess that makes it easier. So I'm not saying, like, being fussed about accolades or not being fussed about accolades is the ideal way to be. It's just the way I personally am. So I can understand how it's harder for someone that actually wants those accolades for whatever reason, you know, um, but yeah, 
Um, so what is it like to be 30 and not successful? And it really, it really just feels fine. Um, 30 doesn't feel all that different to a lot of other ages. Like I can, I can still remember being 21 and making bad decisions, um, in my romantic life, but also feeling adult because, you know, living in my apartment and, you know, starting to pay bills and pay rent and make all these decisions where I have to live with the consequences. Oh, and, um, yeah. So I don't feel like, I feel like it feels the same as a lot of other years in some respects. And it also feels better in other respects because I know myself more and I'm more confident and self-assured in who I am. Um, and I kind of know what's important to me now. So I remember when I was younger and one of my aunties always used to say that you couldn't pay her to be younger. Like she, she would never want to be young again. And I really, I really see it because I feel like as you grow, you learn things about yourself along the way that puts um, a lot of anxieties to rest. And some, and sometimes you just need to live through it to to go through that process, you know, to be able to put the anxieties to rest. Um, so I, there are definitely parts of my life I wouldn't want to be back at because my gosh, like all the anxieties and stress that came from that, you know, it's crazy. Um, so yeah, I'm 30 now, getting into my third year, is today my third year, third month, sorry, third month of 30 and I'm only now just starting to like wake up for the year like January and February I've just been like oh yeah yeah." Uh, March is now like okay let's do stuff and I have to say that I I have been lucky I don't know if it's luck or I put myself out there enough in certain areas that I will, I always get some sort of opportunity in those areas. And I feel like for some time, my confidence was shot. So I couldn't, um, I couldn't follow up on certain opportunities. And my, my worldview was very skewed. So there was a point where I was very arrogant about stuff I hadn't yet achieved. And so there were opportunities where I felt like, oh, this is beneath me. But actually, because I hadn't even tried in that area, they weren't beneath me at all. They were like definitely the exact opportunities I needed at that time. Um, but I couldn't see it because like it's very hard when you've bounced from industry to industry because like it puts you in this position of like you have a lot of experience but because your experience is fragmented across different industries like you could get an opportunity in a whole new industry and you feel like oh my god like I'm coming with all this experience but when reality you're not um, that's not to say like all my experience hasn't added 
a lot of value to me. It actually really has. Uh, I feel like I have a unique perspective on a lot of things because I've done so many different jobs and I've had so many different experiences in a short time because of like all these different careers I've had and everything and yeah and I'm still here trying to figure shit out but I'm trying to figure stuff out while doing stuff at the same time so um yeah so being 30 and not being successful feels like being any other age I'm not being successful and there's some broke days where I'm like oh my god like I would have thought by 30 I would not be this broke but I am and it's fine um and yeah I look forward to kind of growing in this new confidence and self-awareness um and just becoming a better person, really. So um, I still feel like it's good to aim for 30, you know, for people people that are, like, 24, 25, and feel like, okay, these are all the things I wanna, I've achieved by the time I'm 30. Great. But I just want to say, like, even if you are aiming for that, understand that if if you haven't hit certain goals by certain milestones it's okay like as long as you're doing and as long as you keep on doing it'll be fine like it'll be fine it will be fine um and I no matter how unsuccessful I feel I always now try to acknowledge my privilege in where I am and what I've been able to accomplish and even being able to take time out to not do anything. Like the the mentality of being able to be like, no, I don't want to do anything. And I'm just very aware that there are people that do not have that option and cannot create that option for themselves. And so it makes me great. Because obviously when people are like, oh my God, you're going to do any, you're going to do nothing. That's so brave or whatever. Like it irked me because I was like, he's not brave now. It's even maybe it's stupid. Like you too, you can do it. But then actually there are, <laughs> Nigeria is a poor country. I feel like I'm, I realize that more and more and more and more every day. Um, we cannot all just get up and decide to leave our jobs like some people can't because that has impact on other people me leaving my job didn't have an impact on anybody but myself you know I wasn't no one was depending on me and all of that so I I could afford to do that um which is why I also wanted to do it before I got married and everything because I was like when to become one then impulsive decisions get harder so um I try to acknowledge my privilege in that I try to acknowledge my privilege in in testing different things to see like what feels what makes me feel best you know what makes because 
there there were just certain people that I could tell like that is not this is not your path this is not this is not what you're supposed to do you're not called to do this like this is not what you're supposed to do but you just know that it because of circumstances they're going to end up doing that so I feel like if you are privileged to have privilege um you need to also take that into consideration when you're looking at your achievements like take that into consideration the fact that you're even able to dream the fact that you're even able to look at yourself on 25 and be like okay these are the goals I want to achieve by the time I'm 30 like the fact that your goals are not disrupted by all people depending on you and uh all the expectations on you and your mind actually has to be free to have goals to dream like I remember like when I started my law firm job like I was blogging often I was like meeting people and this is why I was getting opportunities because I was constantly putting myself out there just naturally and when work got really hard and mentally I just couldn't mate what like blogging stopped beating people stopped being even a pleasant person to me stopped like it changed my personality it changed like it changed so much it changed so much like being in a job that you hate oh my god being in a job that isn't right for you oh my god like just yeah I just I'm just happy about where I am right now I really just am so yeah um I don't know if I actually got to the point I wanted to this was probably not how I planned for this podcast to go but it is what it is so I know it's been like crazy long um so if you're still listening at this point thanks for listening and tune into my next episode bye